Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you again. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do to us, for us, Lord. Lord, all the ways that we see you love us and care for us. Lord, throughout the universe, we see your love for us. And the way you give us life, breath, you put food on our table, you put shelter over our heads, you cause the rain to, to fall down in its season and the sun to rise in its season. Lord, you show us every day how much you love us and care for us. If we would only open our eyes and see. Oh, Father, let us see the glory of your grace all about us. And Lord, let us remember in times of suffering, seasons of suffering that happen in this life. Lord, I pray that we would be able to look at all of the things, all the ways that you show us that you love us around us and remember your love. Always in our darkest hours. And Lord, let us even move on from there to remember your darkest hour when you watched your son Jesus Christ die on a cross for us. In love, you suffered for us. In love, Lord Jesus, you suffered in our place. So whatever we may suffer in life, whatever we may face, whatever darkness we may come upon in this, this life, Lord, let us remember your love for us. Show us today, Lord, I pray. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, open with me to Psalm chapter 13. Psalm chapter 13. Looking at the, the whole chapter here, this whole psalm. In days of darkness, in days of darkness is the title of this morning's message Psalm chapter 13, and if you do not have a Bible with you, it's on page 423 in our Pew Bibles there, 423 in the Pew Bible, and if you do not have a Bible for yourself, then we invite you to take that Pew Bible with you, and that's our gift to you. We want you to have a copy of God's Word, so 423 in the Pew Bible, Psalm 13. If you found your place there in in Psalms, please stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's holy word. To the choir master, a psalm of David. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long? Shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. 
My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Amen. May the Lord add blessings to the reading of his holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And may he write its eternal truth on all our hearts. And you may be seated. <clears throat> well, certainly each and every one of us knows that life is filled with ups and downs. We, we have ups and downs all the time. We have uh, times that we're just uh, joy, inexpressible, right? We have those wonderful times where everything's going right and, and uh, the birds are singing and the sun's shining and, and everything in life is good and great. But then, just wait a little bit longer, and, and something's going to turn, and you're going to experience darkness. You're going to experience sorrow, and, and oftentimes you will experience in life deep, deep sorrow when a loved one dies or gets sick or, or you lose a job. Or we just experienced a crisis closing the, a part of the mill there again, and, and 500 more jobs in our community wiped out, Right? And so we, we know sorrow. Sorrows are a part of, of life in this fallen world. And as we, we consider David, he wrote this psalm that we're reading today. This is one of his. And as we consider David, David's life was filled with ups and downs. He, David prospered as a youth. You all know the stories, or most of you know, know the stories of David. David, he was brought up in, in the house of Jesse, and, and God made him prosper in his youth out in the, the fields of his father as he's watching over his sheep. Uh, David gave him great success over his enemies, and his enemies there were a bear and a lion, those things that would come and, and, and to harm the sheep of Jesse. And God provided for David. He blessed David and gave him victory over the lion and the bear who came after his sheep. And when David went out with the, the armies of Israel and, and there Goliath was out there taunting the ar armies of God and David says, who is this pagan, this uncircumcised pagan who is cursing my God. And while all of the Israel were, were kind of held back in fear against Goliath, David said, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go out there in the power of my God, and I'm going to defeat him. And he did. God blessed him and gave him victory over Goliath. And then as he, he went on and, and saw, uh, Saul, King Saul, made David one of his chief men. And David would go out with the armies of Israel, and, and they had great success on the battlefield. But then the people of Israel, they began to sing songs about David. One such song is recorded for us in 1, Psalm, or 1 Samuel 18.7. It says there that the women sang to one another as they celebrated, Saul has struck down his thousands and David his ten thousands. Saul has struck down his thousands and David his ten thousands. When Saul heard that, he was just got angry. He came into a rage. How can they give more to David than to me, the king? And so he began to hate David and even pursue David and try to kill David. And so David had to flee Israel, flee his homeland, flee all of his friends and family. He had to leave. And he spent years out in the wilderness, hiding out in caves and, and living in foreign cities. 
away from everything that he loved, and those were dark days for David. And it was during those dark days that David wrote this very song. He is crying out to God. All seems lost. He's in, in desperation. His days are darkened. And he is crying out to God. You know, every one of us experiences dark days, days of darkness. Days when it seems like the Lord is hiding his face from us. Days where it seems like uh, God has no hope for you. Days that seem like everything is against you. What do you do? What do you do when, when the world is stacked against you and it seems like you have run out of hope? Well, David teaches us here in this psalm exactly what to do. And so in this psalm today, we learn this lesson. In days of darkness, seek God's light. In days of darkness, seek God's light. And in this psalm, we see three expressions that we are to express when we are in those days of darkness, when we seek God's light. So I want to show you these three expressions to God that David makes and that we should make when we are facing days of absolute darkness. So just to remind you kind of where we are, what we're doing here, we are in the summer in the Psalms. Summer in the Psalms, we're, we're go working through the Psalms this summer because uh, they're, they're so rich and they're so full. And the, one of the great things about the Psalms is they are emotive, right? Uh, they are stacked full of emotions. And let's face it, we as Baptists sometimes, uh, we like to, let's, let's just do away with emotions. Right? Supposed to sit here and just kind of da-da-da-da, sing our songs. And, and, and some people get upset if you raise your hands. We're getting out of that, right? We're, we're getting out of that. We're getting more comfortable with that. Uh, but Baptists, we, we kind of tend to shy away from emotions sometimes. Right? We, we look at those, and, and there are some. There's some denominations. They go swing way high on emotions, and, and they get too far over with emotions, and they're overly emotional, and, and everything is driven by emotion. But Scripture tells us that we've got to find that balance. There's got to be truth. That's the Word of God. There's, that's head knowledge, right? There's got to be truth. There's got to be that focus on, on the mind and developing the mind, filling the mind with the Word of God. But God created us to be emotional beings. He, he created our emotions. And so it's quite all right for us to worship God and to respond to God and, and to communicate God with emotion. He wants that. And so we've got to balance it out. We can't swing so high to intellectualism that we skip over emotions and we're very stoic in our worship. But we can't go over here to this other way where we're all about emotions. We've got to be balanced. And we've got to realize that God created emotion. He created sorrow. That emotion that we feel when we, when we face darkness the sorrow of our hearts. That's all of God's creation. He wants us to feel that. And so when we come into those days of darkness, we need to, to speak to God with our emotions. And that's a wonderful thing about the Psalms. They are filled with emotions. And they teach us how to worship God, how to pray to God with our full selves, with our minds and our hearts, our minds and our emotions. 
So that's one reason I want to dig deep into the Psalms this summer. Now, as we think about the context, of course, I've already alluded to that some. David is here living in exile. He's living out in the, 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 the wilderness, living in caves. Imagine that, living in cages, a cave for years at a time. Or, or living in a foreign land with all these pagans. He's having to go live with pagans who, who don't worship his God. He's an outcast. And then during this outcast during this time of exile David pours out his heart to God so let's look at the three expressions that David makes as he pours his heart out to God in these days of darkness first of all in days of darkness express your sorrow to God when you're facing days of darkness express your sorrows to God it's all right to express your sorrows to God David here is in exile. He is living out. Uh, he seems like life is over for him. He had that high moment. He had those moments of, of great prestige. And he knows that God has promised him the kingdom. He's already been anointed by Samuel to be king over Israel. And, and so he knows God's promise. But it seems like those promises have been lost. And now he is living in caves. He's living in foreign cities. He's living away from God. Where are you, God? Have you ever experienced those moments? Have you ever had those nights of, of darkness when you said, Where are you, God? Where are you? Uh, life's not supposed to be like this. Where are you? We've all experienced those moments. We've all experienced those days, maybe multiple times in our lives. And as David experiences those times, as he experiences that great sorrow, he expresses his sorrow to the Lord. Let's look at the text there. What does it say? Look at that, that first section there, verses 1 and 2. How long, O oh Lord, do you, do you feel his sorrow? How long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? It seems like the Lord has forgotten him. Where are you, Lord? You're absent. Where are you? You've just forgotten me. You've left me here in despair. How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul? I want to take counsel with you, God, but, but you're not there. When I pray, it seems like you're not there. And I'm having to turn into my insides and just I'm th thinking about all of these things and I'm trying to, to counsel myself because it seems like you're silent. You don't see me. You don't hear me. You don't answer me. How long, oh Lord, must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all day long? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Oh, do you feel David's sorrow? He is in absolute mourning. He is suffering during this time of sorrow. And he is expressing that sorrow to God. Now, oftentimes, let's be honest, oftentimes when we come into those moments of sorrow, a lot of times our first response is not to cry out to God. Oftentimes, when we get into those moments of sorrow, we think things, uh, we, we, we do things, we, we think things that, that will, will take us away from God. But in days of darkness, I want you to know that you can express your sorrows to God. I want you to know that, that He hears you. 
I want you to know the absolute folly. The folly of, of just turning into yourself. Pressing down those emotions of sorrow and mourning and not expressing them to God. I've had people come to me in the past and, and, and they think, well, I've got all of these emotions. I don't know where God is. I, we've got all of this. I've got this big problem. It's, it's just pressing down upon me. I don't know what to do. It just seems like God is silent. It seems like God is silent. And, and I shouldn't question God. I shouldn't answer back to God, right? But I want you to know that no, you're not supposed to answer back to God. You're not supposed to argue with God. But it's okay for you to, to cry out. To cry out your emotions, your feelings to God. To say, God, I don't understand. Where are you? Where are you? Do you hear me? Do you see me? It's okay. It's quite okay to pour your heart out to God. To let him know what's troubling you. To, to, to ask him questions. He's big. He's a big God. He can take it. If you're angry at him, express your anger. Don't hold your anger to, on God, but express it. Express all your emotions to God and, and tell him what you're feeling. David, when he came under great sorrow, he expressed his sorrow fully to God. So when we face days of darkness, when you face days of darkness, maybe you're experiencing days of darkness even now, cry out to God. Express your sorrows to God. Express your full emotions to God. God loves you and he wants to hear from you. In days of darkness, express your sorrows to God. It may seem like he's not listening. But I promise you, God is listening. He listens, he hears every word that you speak. In times of sorrow, express, in times of darkness, express your sorrows to God. Second, in days of darkness, express your supplications to God. In days of darkness, you need to express your supplications to God. That is, you need to pray to God. You need to pray to God. Sometimes even in our, our darkest hours, we fail to pray, don't we? We fail to pray when we're suffering through life, uh, through problems of life. We're going through things. Oftentimes we will fail to, to pray to God. And this comes from a number of different things. First of all, we may think too, too much of ourselves. That is pride right we think too much of ourselves i've got this i can handle this i can take care of this on my own just like a little kid i can do it myself i don't need you god i can handle this problem and so we don't cry out to god because we we think we can handle it ourselves we think too much of ourselves second we may think too little of ourselves we may think too little of ourselves well you know, God, God's got so much to think about. He's got so much to do. He doesn't have time for my problems. Oh, yeah, God's a big God. 
God's a big God. He causes the sun to rise and the moon to set, or the sun to set and the moon to rise, all of those things, right? He causes the waves to, to stay on their shores. He causes our, our, our lungs to take breath. And he can handle each and every one of our problems every day of our lives. All at the same time, right? God is a powerful God. He keeps everything in the universe in motion with just his thoughts, with the power of his word. And so God has time for your problems, whatever they may be, even if they seem so insignificant to you. God has time for you and whatever you're facing. And sometimes we just think too little of God. We just think too little of God. We don't think, we don't think of him. We go through these times of suffering and, <clears throat> excuse me, and instead of our mind going to God, we, we focus on the problem. Or we focus on someone else. Oh, uh, well, the doctor can help me, or, or, or the counselor can help me, or this person can help me, or that organization can help me. And we don't, our mind doesn't go directly to God. We just think too little of God. That should be our first instinct. When the doctor comes in and gives us that bad news, our first instinct should be, oh God, help me. Our first instinct should be to cry out to God. Not our second, not our third, not our fourth. But we must express our supplications, our prayers to God. That's what David does in this text. David prays for deliverance. Look at what he says here. Consider and answer me. Consider me, Lord. Consider me, O Lord my God. Think about me. Focus your, your mind's energies on me. This is David crying out for the blessings of the Lord. Lord, think about me. Consider me. It seems like you, you've forgotten me, but consider me. Think on me. Focus your grace and your mercy on me in this moment, my darkest hour. Consider me. And he says, answer me. Answer me. Answer my prayer. I'm praying to you. I'm coming to you in my time of darkness. Answer me. Oh, Lord, my God. And light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Now, this little, little phrase here, light up my eyes, it's a, it's a little idiom in the Greek that, that expresses the effect of God's blessing upon a human being, on a person's life right expresses the the blessing of God upon a person's life uh, it's saying Lord let my eyes sparkle with your grace let my eyes sparkle with your grace let my life be renewed let my life be energized by the power of your grace and the power of your blessing. It's similar to what we see in 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 27. Here, Jonathan, Jonathan, he's, he's been out at battle all day. He's tired, he's hungry, and he comes along a honeycomb. And, he, and it says there, Jonathan put out the tip of his staff that was in his hand and he dipped it in the honeycomb that was there and put his hand to his mouth he ate the honey and his eyes became bright his eyes sparkled with life 
He was tired. He was hungry. And that little bit of food, that little bit of honey, it rejuvenated him. It brought life to his body and gave him energy. And, and that's what David is saying here. That's what David is talking about. Uh, uh, let my eyes be lit up. Light up my eyes. Let my eyes be awakened and renewed, regenerated by your grace and your blessings. When we are going through our darkest hour, our first response should be to cry out to God, to go to Him in prayer. It's like, God, do you hear me? Here's my problem. Here's what I'm suffering. Here's what I'm going through. Lord, I need your help. I need your grace to, to give me energy, to give me life in this moment of darkness. How often do you turn to the Lord in prayer when you're going through hard times? Whatever difficulty you may face in life, what's your first response? Is it to go to someone else or is it to turn to God? It should always be to turn to God. Because he is the one who has the ultimate power and authority to help us in whatever we're going through. So David prayed for God's deliverance. Second, he prayed, for, he prayed upon uh, God's covenantal promises. Notice the last verse there, or verse 4, excuse me, the last verse in that little section. Verse 4, lest my enemy, lest my enemy say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. In other words, he is calling upon God's promise. Lord, you promised me. David, this is David speaking. Lord, you promised me the kingdom. You promised me that I would be king over Israel in place of Saul. But now Saul is, is coming down upon me. If he continues, he's going to take my life from me. And your promise will be void. Oh, don't let my enemy triumph over me. But remember your promise. Remember your promise. You know, each and every one of us who are in Christ Jesus have a promise to name to God. Lord, you promised to save me. You've promised to give me life. You promised to treat me as a child of yours, your child. Oh, Lord, hear my prayer according to your promise. We should call upon the Lord and, and call upon Him to, to keep His promises to us. Whatever we're facing, whatever dark trials we're facing in life, we should cry out to God. We should express ourselves in supplications to God and prayer to God. In darkness, express your supplications to God and pray specifically. Pray specifically. Let the Lord know what, what do you need? What, what do you really need? What do you really want? Pray specifically. Let him know specifically. Here's, Lord, here's, here's what I would really like. Pray specifically. Pray expectantly. Pray, pray expectantly. Pray expecting the Lord to answer. Pray expecting the Lord to answer your prayer. Because each and every time the Lord will answer your prayers. We had a, in the youth the other night, they were, they were talking about this very thing, and, and one of the youth uh, wisely came back, and, or well, one of the teachers said, pick on them a little bit, one of the teachers says, you know, what about unanswered prayers? And one of the youth says, there's no such thing. 
right? There's no such thing as unanswered prayers, and he was right. I want to brag on that student. I don't want to embarrass him, but I'm going to brag on him, and he knows who he is. Well, it's Grant. Grant got it right. Grant, you got it right, buddy. He got it right. There's no such thing as unanswered prayers. God answers our prayers. It may not be what we want. It may not be what we expected, but God answers our prayers each and every time. So we should pray expecting God to answer. But we also should pray willingly. Pray willingly. That is, willing to receive whatever God deems is right and appropriate. God may not answer like you want him to answer. He may not answer what you want in, in that, that situation, whatever it may be. Your prayer not, may not be answered like you want it to be, but God, he will answer your prayers. And you must remember that God is a good, loving God, and he will answer your prayers in such a way that uh, it is best, it is the best way that it exudes his glory, and it will ultimately work out for your better good. God will answer your prayers. So pray, pray specifically, pray expectantly, and pray willingly, willingly receiving the answer that, whatever answer that God gives you. So in days of darkness, in days of darkness, express your sorrows and your supplications to God. And third, in days of darkness, express your songs of praise to God. In days of darkness, express your song of praise to God. When suffering, our default mode is typically not praise, is it? It's typically not praise. Our default mode when we're suffering is typically we don't go, oh, thank you, God. Praise you, God, for all that you do. That's typically not our default mode, but you know it should be. It should be our default mode. Whatever we're facing in life, we, our, our default mode should be to praise God for who he is and for everything that he has done. Paul is a great example of this. Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 24 through 30. 24 through 30, Paul just kind of lists off things here. He, he's talking about, uh, he's talking foolishly. If you go back and read the context, there's, there's people who brag about all the things that they did for God, and, he, and he's kind of falling in. He, he's going to argue foolishly here, but he's kind of highlighting what he has experienced for God. And here he says in verse 24, five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, and a night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys and danger from rivers, danger from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, and toil and hardship, though many a sleepless night, or through many a sleepless night, and hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from 
other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is made to fall and I am not indignant? And then if you go down to verse uh, 12, verse 7 through 10, he says, So to keep me from becoming conceited, now let me back up a little bit there. Paul talks there briefly about some of the visions that he has seen in heaven and the blessing that God has given him to, to speak revelation. He's written some of the New Testament text at this point. And he says there in verse 7, chapter 12, verse 7, So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. So, so let me set the picture. All of this suffering that Paul has experienced for the call of the gospel, all of the beatings, all of the stonings, all the nights shipwrecked, all the, the t nights out in the wilderness starving, and then... God gives him another affliction, some thorn in the flesh. We don't know what that thorn was, but there's this thorn in the flesh that God has given to him. He's prayed three times, Lord, take this thorn from me. And what is the answer? what's the answer of the Lord? But the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insult, hardship, persecutions, and calamity. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, Paul, he has suffered more than any of us probably has ever suffered. All in service to the gospel. He lost friends. He himself was beaten and stoned almost to the point of death. He suffered all of these things. Plus the Lord put upon him another affliction to keep him, uh, to keep him humble. And what does Paul say? I rejoice in the Lord. I rejoice in my weakness. I boast in my weakness. I rejoice in the Lord. No matter what darkness I may face in life, I rejoice in the Lord. Philippians, Paul says to the church in Philippi, even while he is in a Roman prison, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. You see, Paul's default mode Whenever he faced suffering was to praise God. When Paul and Silas was in the, the prison in Philippi, after they had been beaten, they were singing hymns in prison, singing praises to God. Whatever darkness you may face in life, rejoice in God. Rejoice in God. Praise God. Sing out your songs of praise. David does the same thing. Notice verse 5 of our psalm, Psalm 13. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. 
My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. David says, I'm going through this hard time. I'm crying out to you, Lord. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? Here I am. I'm suffering. But nevertheless, I praise you. I rejoice in your salvation because your promise is sure. Your promise is true. I rejoice in you no matter what. Whatever you're facing in life, whatever darkness you may face, rejoice in the Lord. Sing songs of praise to God. You know, it's an interesting thing. Even in darkness, when we begin to sing praises to God, our hearts are lifted a little bit, aren't they? When you're going through a dark time, don't turn on the blues. Turn on the gospel music station, right? Turn on the Christian music station. Listen to that upbeat music of praise to God and sing along with those, those hymns or, or whatever it is. Sing along. Turn on the Christian music. Sing along with that. Sing praises to God. Or pick up a hymn book or, or recite that hymn in your, your, your mind there that, that you've memorized. Sing praises to God. Lift up your voice and praise to God, and immediately your heart will be lifted up. When you remember the joy that you have in Christ alone, in nights of darkness, in days of darkness, express your song of praise to God. In days of darkness, express your sorrows your supplications, and your songs of praise to God. Most important, remember this, that our ultimate, our ultimate deliverance is eternal deliverance. Our ultimate deliverance is eternal deliverance. David alludes to that in this text. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because He has, right? He has. Not he will. I'm still living in a cave. But yet it's not he will. He has dealt bountifully with me. You trust in that ultimate salvation that God has promised you in Jesus Christ. Revelation 21.4 tells us this, that one day God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. And death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. There's coming a day when every tear will be wiped dry. And tears will be no more. Yes, in this life there are days of darkness. There are times of great sorrow. But they're only for a moment. They're only in that little spot that we call life. And all of eternity is out ahead of us. And eternity is filled with tearless nights. Tearless days. No more tears. No more sorrows. No more heartbreaks. We will be re reunited with all of our loved ones who have trusted in Jesus Christ. 
when we, whenever we're facing darkness in this life, focus not on this moment, but look ahead to eternity and the salvation that God has promised you in eternity. In days of darkness, seek God's light. Dear Christian, you may be experiencing days of, a day of darkness even now. You may be going through a time of darkness right now in this very moment. And if you're not going through that moment now, just wait a little while, you will be. This life is filled with sorrows. But in times of sorrow, in times of sorrow, turn to the Lord. Express your sorrows to God and seek His glorious light. For others, you may be here and you don't know the salvation of, that's in Jesus Christ. And this life holds the greatest joy for you because you have no sense of eternity. But I want you to know that God has provided eternity for you. He has provided a way out of this day of sorrow. He has provided a way that you might experience joy inexpressible, joy that surpasses all understanding. He's provided that through His Son, Jesus Christ. See, God experienced a day of darkness when He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to live a life of complete obedience for us. And yet then sent him to Calvary's cross to die a death, a sinner's death for us. And on that day, the skies turned black in midday because God experienced sorrow. He knows your sorrow. He knows your pain. He knows your agony because he has experienced it. And he died to overcome it. And he was raised again, bringing joy of a new life. And all is required is trusting in Him. Just give your life to Him. Trust in Him. Trust that He has died for your sorrows. He's died for your sins. He's died to give you life. And even in your darkest hour, you will be able to experience joy in Christ surrender to him today oh heavenly father we thank you for the joy of your salvation and Lord we acknowledge that in this life we will experience days of darkness we know that there will be times when we will lose loved ones there will be times when we suffer great sickness. There will be times in this life where we, we lose jobs and, and all kinds of things happen to us. But Lord, we, we are so thankful that because of Jesus, we know that the sorrow is just for a moment. But joy comes in the morning. Joy comes when Christ returns makes all things new Lord we thank you that we look forward to your eternity 
eternity in your kingdom. Oh Lord, if there's any today who do not know that joy, the joy of your salvation, turn their hearts to Jesus today. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen.